All right, so um, I think Acts chapter 2 is a good place to start today. So, um, so Antoinette, uh, I think that's a, that's a good scripture. <laughs> that's a good scripture to start off with. So um, let's start in verse 42. It says, And they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And the sense of awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were performed through the apostles. Okay, so there was a fellowship. So Christianity is about a fellowship. Okay? So it's relational. It's relationships. We are a body, we are one body, and we have fellowship with one another. But also, Jesus Christ is the head of the body, and we have fellowship with the head. And all of us are bound together as one by the Holy Spirit, and we have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, and it is the Holy Spirit that connects us to have fellowship with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. So it's all about fellowship, and another word for fellowship is love. Okay, so love is, God is love, so God is fellowship. God is love. So this bond that we have in Christ with one another is Christianity. And in this bond of love that we walk together in Christ, all things are possible. So whatever the problem is, the solution is in Christ, and we are one in Christ. So if one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. But we have the source of life in the head, in the Godhead, which means that if one part of the body is a fountain of life, the whole body is continuously supplied with life. All right. So the most important thing in your Christian life is fellowship with Him. And that's it. Fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship with the Father and the, and the Son by fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is one. He has given us the Holy Spirit so that we can be one. He has given us His glory, says John chapter 17, so that we can be one, so that we can have fellowship. Okay, so we are in Jesus, Jesus is in us. Jesus is in the Father, the Father is in Jesus. We are all one because of the Holy Spirit. So we have been made one in fellowship in, in Him. We have been given access to the depths of the love of God. All right, so, so I've explained it like this before, God for, for love to exist, there must be more than one. So God is three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And perfect love is in the three. They are one. So God is one, but God is three. Perfect love. So now God has opened up himself and he says, come on in. Come into perfect fellowship in us. So now it's Father, Son, Holy Spirit Church in one fellowship. Okay, so one body, one head, 
So I am not God. I'm not New Age. Listen, I'm not God, but I'm one with God. I am not God, but God is in me. So we have fellowship. There are distinct personalities inside the one, but the, three, the many are made one through love and through fellowship by the Spirit of God. Okay, so let's start in Philippians chapter 2. We already started. Let's continue. <laughs> Philippians chapter 2. Verse 1 says, So by whatever appeal to you there is in our mutual dwelling in Christ, by whatever strengthening and consoling and encouraging our relationship in Him affords, by whatever persuasive intense, uh, incentive there is in love, by whatever participation in the Holy Spirit we share, and by whatever depth of affection and compassionate sympathy, fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one in purpose, having the same love, being in full accord and of one harmonious mind and intention. Do nothing from factional motives. So that excludes all of church politics. <laughs> Do nothing from factional motives. Through contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowliness of mind, let each regard the others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourselves. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interests, but also each for the interests of others. So that's, that's the fellowship, the oneness of love in Christ. Verse 5, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility, who although being essentially one with God in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was something to be eagerly grasped or retained. So God, Jesus didn't have to try and be one with God. He didn't have to try and grab a position. He was already one. He was already at the highest point. He says, verse 7, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant in that he became like men and was born a human being. So God says, let this mind be in you. So as to let us um, prefer one another. Instead of trying to push someone else down so that I can look higher, why don't we just prefer one another? Why don't we just esteem one another instead of trying to, you know, look better in front of whoever, you know. So, it's a, it's a heart where you don't fend for your own wickets. <laughs> it's, you, you're not only looking at your own interests, but you trust God to look after your interests so that you can minister to someone that you can see, wow, this person needs something, or this person needs prayer, or 
this person needs the Holy Spirit in some way, let this heart be in you. So there's a fellowship that we have in, in God that is not self-serving. And that's what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, love is not selfish, it's not self-serving, okay? So the fellowship that we have does not take the microscope to see where you can benefit and look at your own life and your own interests and everything of yourself. But what the Holy Spirit does is it, it places your trust and your, your, your affection, your heart, everything on Jesus Christ. So He's the one who fulfills you. He's the one who makes you happy. He's the one who, who sustains your whole life. But all the other relationships, you draw from Jesus and you minister to someone else. So you prefer someone else. So we can live a life where we are so hidden in Christ that other people um, become really the, the object of, you know, blessing. We want to bless people. We want to love people. We want to minister towards people instead of trying to get something from people. So in this fellowship with Jesus, that's, that's the, the most important thing. If my attention is on Him, I will carry His heart. I will carry His way of conducting Himself. So if I look to Him to fulfill me, to be my identity, to live in me, to live through me, then he can express himself in me and through me. But if I look to myself to try and express my own identity, you know, like these days with identity politics, everyone is trying to, to force everyone else into a group and everyone else has to pay for every whim that, that I see fit that they, they need to pay for, you know. So... If I'm offended, the whole world needs to answer to my offense. Or if I'm angry about something, the whole world needs to hear about it. No, 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 it's a different way around. It's not about trying to satisfy my offense. It's not about trying to, to get some kind of a apology from someone because I feel like it or because I'm led by my emotions. But it is about ministering something to, to someone else that you can see they need, that you can see they don't have. I will be secure, self-sufficient, needing nothing from people if I'm anchored in Christ. So then the whole world doesn't have to fulfill me. The whole world doesn't have to try and, you know, fix me up and, put sellotape on me to keep me together. The whole world becomes your mission field. So you get something from Jesus, you expect nothing from the world, and you just go and blast them with the goodness of God. <laughs> Even though they stand there with machetes ready to chop you in bits. Okay? It's not about how we... You know, someone hurt my feelings and now the whole world is collapsing. Hey, we can't, be, we can't be moved by our feelings all the time. We are not led by 
by our feelings. We are led by the Spirit. So our feelings can change, and it changes all the time, but God doesn't change. So God has different feelings. So if we want to feel the right feelings, we need to put our feelings aside and put our attention on Jesus Christ and get His heart and His mind and His purpose inside of us. And through fellowship with Him, He dwells in us, and if He dwells in us, He will express Himself through us, and people will get Christ when they see us. So Jesus will heal your emotional hurts. And that's an important thing to be healed of emotional hurts. I don't want to, to just say, oh, suck it up and there's no emotional hurts. That's not what I'm saying. But let Jesus be the one that heals you. Jesus is the one who's, who poured out everything, who got stripped of everything on the cross so that you can be completely healed and so that you can be made completely whole, spirit, soul, and body. So if you want to be healed, you need to, to get your attention on Him. It's in fellowship with Him that you are healed. Sometimes we expect the people who hurt us to heal us. Now, the people who hurt you is in need of Jesus, and you are the one that's supposed to minister to them. <laughs> <clears throat> so if I, if I have fellowship with Jesus, I can help bring healing to the person who hurt me because Jesus is my healer. Jesus is the one who fulfills me. So in fellowship with him, we can extend the fellowship to everyone around us by words, by actions. So the more we speak Jesus to people, and preach Him to people, the more they can enter into the same fellowship that we have, the fellowship in the Spirit with the Father and the Son. Okay? And then more people have that fellowship, more people have that heart, that purpose in, inside, and it can spread to more people. Okay? It's like, imagine the goodness of God going viral, <laughs> okay? Imagine you receive something amazing from God and it's burning like a fire in your heart and every word that you speak ignites a fire in someone else's heart. So we can either have, our, you know, James chapter 3 says our tongues are like a fire, so it can either, <laughs> it can either be set on fire from the fire from hell depraving the whole body and contaminating everything. Or, like in Acts chapter 2, um, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, tongues of fire divided and sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. So either your tongue will be set ablaze by a fire from hell, and that fire will go everywhere around you when you open your mouth and speak, or your tongue will be set ablaze by a fire that is from heaven, and everyone around you will be set on fire with a fire that is from heaven. So what fire is burning? I think we should have the, the attitude and the heart and the mind of Jesus Christ. I think we should have the love of Christ burning in our hearts, the fellowship in Him that we want to extend to more people. All right, so let's just quickly go to first. John chapter 1. So imagine having intense fellowship of love that no words can describe. 
the presence of God on you, the burning fire of his love in your heart all the time, to such an extent that you, that you can't even express it. There's been times in my life where, where the burning of the, heart, of the fire of God in my heart was so intense that I couldn't speak. If I tried to speak, I would start to cry. Okay? And that's where we need to dwell. Obviously, we need to be functional, but I believe we can grow in our, <laughs> we can grow in our um, response to His presence. His presence doesn't need to go away. We can, you know, kind of adapt to get used to His presence. There's always more. Okay. I'm just thinking, before I read now, I'm just thinking of the first time I met David Hogan. Okay, anybody know David Hogan? Okay, we're still praying for him to come in June, so don't stop praying. Okay. So, I was at a church in the east of Pretoria, a Kingdom Family Church, and he was ministering, and I was there in, in one of the services, and I sat there, and I just listened. I know a few people in the church, but not many. It's like I'm not really known in that church. So I, sat, I just sat and listened. So at the end, I just walked to the front and just thought maybe I could just say thank you for the service to, to David Hogan. He was so open. When I stood next to him, he, he treated me with the most respect anyone has ever treated me. I, I was almost like taken aback with, yeah, and I had his full attention. That was something. So... I just said, thank you for the service. It really blessed me. Thank you so much for coming. And when he started speaking, the fellowship that he carries with God, with the Holy Spirit, uh, it startled me. <laughs> because when he started speaking, it was like I was swallowed in a cloud of love. That's the only way I could describe it. And I couldn't talk further. I couldn't talk. That's one way of shutting someone up, you know. <laughs> if, you, if, you have, if you have the fellowship of the Spirit and they start crying when they want to talk. <laughs> okay, that's a joke. Don't write me an email. Okay, so, so when, I, when he started speaking, it was, just, it was just over for me. I couldn't. It was, I, would, I just choked up because of the fellowship with the Holy Spirit that he walks in every day. Okay. All right, First John chapter 1. He says, We are writing about the word of life in him who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard, whom we have seen with our own eyes, whom we have gazed upon for ourselves and have touched with our hands. So they had fellowship with him. They saw him, they touched him, they heard him, they spent time with him, they had fellowship with him. And the life and aspect of his being was revealed and made manifest and demonstrated. And we saw as eyewitnesses and are testifying to and declaring to you the life, the eternal life in him who already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible to us, his followers. Okay. So keep your finger there and quickly jump to John chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, otherwise you can just read on the screen. So John chapter 1 says, In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So 
I just want to get to something. These are all words that connect you with different concepts. Okay. There was, in the beginning was the word. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. So the spirit spoke. Let there be light. There was light. The spirit spoke, 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 and, the, and creation came. So the word is the spirit speaking. Okay, so he says, And all things were made and came into existence through him, and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, but it was, uh, or put it out, or absorbed, or appropriated it. Okay, and then he starts talking about John. Okay, so in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now he says, we're talking about the word of life. So we're talking about the word, we're talking about the life, we're talking about the light. He says, and the life and aspect of his being was revealed to us, his followers, and uh, the eternal life in him already existed with the Father and who actually was made visible to us, his followers. What we have seen and ourselves heard, we are also telling you so that you too may realize, enjoy fellowship as partners and partakers with us. And this fellowship that we have which is a distinguishing mark of Christians, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. So the fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. Excuse me for a second. Okay, so we have fellowship with Him. This fellowship is a distinguishing mark of Christians. This fellowship makes you a Christian. All right, now he says, what we have seen and heard, we are also telling you so that you too may realize and enjoy fellowship. So when we share testimonies, we share fellowship. If I tell you what I've experienced in fellowship with him, the purpose of it is to include you in the fellowship so that you can also experience it. What I, when I tell you of a revelation that I got in the word through fellowship with him, it is to include you in the same fellowship. So through speaking a word, you're included in the fellowship that we have as Christians. So that means we need to aim our words in such a way that our words ministers grace to the hearers. Ephesians 4, chapter uh, 29. Okay? So don't let unwholesome talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for the spiritual progress of others that ministers grace to the hearers. Okay, so our, when we speak, when we have fellowship with one another, we need to share the fellowship that we have with the Father and with the Son, which is the fellowship in the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he says, verse 4, we are now writing these things to you so that our joy, our seeing you included, our joy may be full and your joy may be complete. And this is the message of promise which we have heard from him and now reporting to you. God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. Okay, so God is light. God is the word. The word is light. The word is life. Okay, so the message of promise in verse 5 says, God is light. There is no darkness in him at all which means all darkness exists outside of him. All darkness exists outside of fellowship with him. 
So if there's any darkness plaguing your life, all you need is fellowship with him. All right? So what will give you fellowship with him? The word of the gospel. The word is life and light. Not the law of Moses, because the law of Moses had a fading glory in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. A glory that was to fade and pass away. So if glory shines and it's fading, and now it's fade, 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 like in, you know, in the movies. I don't know who ever still goes to the movies, but if you're sitting in the movies, the light's dim, and then, you know, it's dark. So that the main show, what you came for, can be projected on the screen. You're not there to look at the lights shining in the footwells. You're not there to look at the lights shining on the ceiling. That's not why you came. Because there's lights at home that you can look at, at the ceiling if you really want to. Okay. So, but if those lights fade out, there's a greater light that supersedes it. That's, that's the reason you came. That's the attraction. And it's this great movie that you now came to watch. Okay? If it's not a bad movie, but a good movie. Okay. All right, so, and then, yeah, so, so if it fades out, what remains is darkness. Right, so there's two things that is contending for your attention, contending for your affection, contending for your fellowship, and that will, at least in experience, cause you to walk in darkness, and that is the law and the the. The result of fellowship with the law is sin. Okay, so I just quickly want to put this in brackets. Romans chapter 7 verse 8 says, Sin finds opportunity in the commandment to express itself, for without the law, sin is dead. So if you are constantly only looking at the law, you will not have fellowship with the Father. You will have fellowship with your own inadequacies, with your own iniquities. You will have only, all you will have in front of you is how you don't make it. So now your heart is having fellowship with how bad you are, how bad your father was, how bad your grandfather was, and all these things, and how bad everyone around you is, and all you can think of is, yeah, but that person did this, and yeah, but this person, and I always love them, but they never love me back, and, and I always do this for them, and they don't ever do anything back for me, and okay, so I'm focused on the wrong, I'm focused on the wrong in myself, and I'm focused on the wrong in others, and the fruit of that can only be either self-condemnation or self-righteousness. So either you think you're fantastic because you think you can make it, surprise, surprise, or you think you're so bad that, you know, you will, no one can save you, not even Jesus. Surprise again. Okay. So, firstly, you are much worse than you think. And secondly, you are so forgiven that nothing you st- you throw at that, at the gospel will stick. You are so blessed. You are so washed clean. You are so made holy by what Jesus did for you that no accusation can stick to you. 
So somewhere we need to take our attention away from the distraction and put our attention on the attraction. Because the distraction is darkness. It's got nothing for you. There's nothing shining out of it. It's, you know, it's not going to do anything for you. All right, so he says, this is the message of promise, which we have heard from him and are now reporting to you. God is light. There's no darkness in him at all. No, not in any way. So if we say we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him, when we live and move and are walking about in darkness, we both speak falsely and do not, do not live and practice the truth which the gospel presents. So if I say, oh, I have fellowship, I have such fellowship with God. Oh, I have such fellowship. But I condemn myself. I'm always focused on myself. I'm always focused on the problems or the, the failures and the sins of others. I'm always focused on my own sins. Oh, I have fellowship. You lie. You have fellowship with your sin. You have fellowship with, your, with yourself. But now he says, if we say, no, wait, I'm skipping a verse. If we really are living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us, removes us from all sin and guilt, and keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. So what's the qualifying word there? If we dwell in the light. What is the light? God is the light. There's no darkness in Him at all. But God is the Word, and the Word is the light. So if you dwell in the Word, not in the law, but in the word of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus that was shed for the forgiveness of sins. If you are constantly meditating there, your fellowship is with this word that causes you to be continuously washed from all your sin. Ephesians 5 speaks of the washing of the water by the word in the very context of Jesus Christ giving himself up for the church. So because of the cross of Jesus and how he's given himself up for the church, you can have fellowship with the word of life. You can have fellowship with the word which is light out of which all things were created. And in fellowship with this word, you are continuously washed from all sin in all its forms and manifestations. You struggle because you are looking to yourself because you have been duped by someone preaching the law to you. The only reason, the only way sin can get a grip on you and have a hold on you is because someone preached the law to you and your mind is not renewed again to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the only way. But if our mind, if we have fellowship in the Spirit, fellowship in the Word with Him. True, unbroken fellowship means this. The Word of the, the blood of Jesus is continuously washing you, continuously washing you. Joseph Prince describes it as, as, as a waterfall of forgiveness. You're standing under a waterfall of forgiveness. Okay, so don't go running around in the desert in the dry law. 
Stand under the water full of forgiveness. Let the water wash over you, the water of the word. Continuously cleanse you from sin in all its manifestations. That's how you dwell in the light. You dwell in the light by dwelling in the word. Meditate on the word. Meditate on the blood of Jesus. Meditate on the forgiveness of sins. Meditate on the price that Jesus paid for you. Your sins are paid for, atoned for completely. There's no accusation in front of God concerning you. You are completely forgiven. Okay. So that causes you to have fellowship. He says, true unbroken fellowship with one another. So I have unbroken fellowship with him, and in him I have unbroken fellowship with those around me because the fellowship is based on his blood and not on my performance. All right. So what breaks fellowship? In the natural, with people. Performance. (laughs) Yeah, but you did this. Okay, Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus said, I paid it. Just come. All you are, you know, burdened and heavy laden, come unto me. I will give you rest. Okay? Take upon me. Take upon yourself my yoke. My yoke is soft. My burden is light. So Jesus wants you to have his burden. His burden is the anointing. His burden is the spirit. His burden is the word. Okay? He wants you to carry the anointing. He wants you to carry the spirit of God. Okay? So he says, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we delude and lead ourselves astray, and the truth is not in us. So if we reason about sin, hey, don't reason about sin. Just the sin is forgiven. So just, you know, just say sorry and go on. It's like uh, Jesus already did it for you. Now I try to just, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I, no, I didn't do anything wrong. It's like, hey, who are you kidding? God knows everything. So why do, why do we reason against the word? Just say, okay, okay, God, I don't want that to be part of me anymore. I want this thing to depart from me. Now just listen to the word forgive. He says here, First um, John chapter 1, Verse 8, if, if we say we have no sin, we delude ourselves. Verse 9, if we freely admit that we have sinned, is the one phrase that the, the sentence can mean. If we confess our sins is the other phrase that it would mean. Okay, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness continuously, Cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will, purpose, thought, and action. So you see the, the importance of that fellowship. Because in the fellowship, there's continuous cleansing. Okay, now it's, the word in the Greek is, I don't know how to pronounce it, but apiemi or afiemi. It can mean the following. Send away. Send forth. Let go. Emit. Give up, keep no longer, leave, depart, desert. Leave like someone leaving because they they died. Leave behind, abandon, or lay aside. 
Okay? That word was translated forgive. So concerning your sin, God sent it away. He omitted it. He let it depart. <laughs> Acts chapter 13 speaks of the forgiveness and removal of sins. God forgives you. He lets it go. <laughs> okay. All right. So in fellowship with Him, your sins are completely forgiven. So now, just put the, the, the two ideas together. He says now, if we admit that we have sinned or if we confess our sins, the two meanings of that phrase. If we admit that we have sinned or confess our sins, I'm not trying to cling to it to justify it. I want to get rid of it. I want to say bye-bye, sin. There you go. Okay? So there's certain things I want to get out of my life. I don't want fellowship with that kind of thing anymore. I don't want fellowship with darkness. I don't want fellowship with this thing that has plagued me my entire life, I want it to depart from me. Okay, so first thing is, admit that it is a bad thing and it shouldn't continue. <laughs> okay? But what happens in modern politics is, I have a right to do this. Well, then you might as well just take a gun and shoot yourself in the foot. So, because what you're doing is you're fighting for the right to wrong yourself. You're fighting for the right to have fellowship with something that will destroy you. Okay. So we're not, we're not talking about justifying something or I can keep doing it because there's grace. That's not the point. The point is God wants you to have fellowship with Him and to not have fellowship with something that will harm you. So for you to be free from something that will harm you, you need fellowship with Him. So he says, it's a good idea to realize, okay, Lord, that thing, that's not from you. Forgive me. With other words, let it depart from me. Let that thing go away from me. Let it, let it desert me. Let it, I want to let it go. Let it be sent forth. <laughs> okay. All right. So there's certain things that we can break fellowship with. But in the fellowship with Him, in the fellowship with the Word, those things are washed out of us, okay? And it's washed and it goes out, okay? All right. So Ephesians 5, let's just quickly go to Ephesians 5. It says the following. Verse 11, he says, Take no part in, have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds and enterprises of darkness, but instead, let your lives be so in contrast as to expose and reprove and convict them. For it is a shame to even speak of or mention the things that such people practice in secret or in darkness. But when anything is exposed and reproved by the light, so God is light, the Word is light. So let the Word expose things in your heart. Let the Word shine in your heart and get things out of the way. It is made visible and clear, and where everything is visible and clear, there is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine. Make day dawn upon you, and give you light. Look carefully, then, how you walk. 
Live purposefully, worthily, accurately, not as the unwise or witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time because the days are evil. So it's good to be, con uh, to be intentional about walking in the fellowship of the light. Okay. And walking in fellowship with the light causes the darkness to have no hold on you whatsoever. So if you want to get rid of darkness, you don't try to chase away the darkness, you switch on the light. So you don't go into your room at night and say, out, out, darkness, out. You just switch on the light. Okay, so with that, I'm not saying there's no place for speaking to certain things. I mean, Jesus said, <laughs> cleanse the lepers and cast out demons. Okay, demons are darkness, so they need to get out. So we can, with a word of light, speak a word and say, out. So that, that's good. But I'm trying to, to, to just bring this concept over. The light is the thing that drives out the darkness. The light is the thing that causes the sin to depart. That causes anything that is darkness, that has some kind of fellowship with you, to break fellowship and to, to depart. So we don't want our attention, our fellowship to be broken with Him, so that our attention is taken somewhere we, we experience anything else but Him. We want our attention to be upon Him. True, unbroken fellowship with one another. All right. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I hope it does something for someone. I just like this thing of the forgiveness. It, it's like bye-bye. I like that. The sin is just dismissed. Okay, you're dismissed. You can go. All right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 6. In this way, our witnessing concerning Christ was so confirmed and established and made sure in you that you are not consciously falling behind or lacking in any special spiritual endowment or Christian grace. So, so there was a witnessing that caused them to be equipped in every special endowment. They spoke about the fellowship that they had, which included them. The same as in 1 John chapter 1. They spoke something so that the people that they spoke to could enjoy the same fellowship. Okay. That you are not consciously falling behind or lacking in any spiritual endowment or Christian grace, the reception of which is due to the power and the, uh, of divine grace operating in your souls by the Holy Spirit, while you wait and watch constantly, in, uh, constantly living in hope for coming, coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and is being made visible to all. And he will establish you to the end, keep you steadfast, give you strength and guarantee your vindication. He will be your warrant against all accusation or indictment so that you will be guiltless and irreproachable in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine having such a guarantee. Verse 9. God is faithful, reliable, trustworthy, and therefore ever true to His promise, and He can be dependent on. By Him, 
you were called into companionship and participation with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So because of this word, because of, the, of what Christ has done for you, you have been called into companionship and participation with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. All right. King James says there, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. So you were called firstly. Your calling is firstly to Him. Your Oh, I'm called for ministry. Great. Good. But firstly, you are called to fellowship with Him. Firstly, you are called to spend time in His presence. Firstly, you are called to know Him. And then from there, that fellowship can move to fellowship with people around you. Okay. So, um, ministry is nothing, nothing else than fellowship in the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, um, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 also speaks of, do not neglect to assemble together. You know, the, the assembly together of saints. Do not neglect the fellowship of the saints. So, coming here to church. Oh, I'm not coming to church. I am the church. What a foolish thing to say. Because you are the church, you assemble together as the church. It's both. So you can't sit at home saying, I'm the church. I don't go to church. Thinking that you are free from religion. No, what you're doing is is anti-religion religion. Just because you react to something doesn't make you right. The word says, do not neglect it. So it's a good thing (laughs) to assemble together and to have fellowship in one spirit in, with one Father, with the Son, Jesus Christ. All right. All right. Okay, I'm going to read one more scripture and then we're done. John chapter 14. I remember years ago, I was, I, I rented a room in a, like a commune, they call it in Pretoria, or a student house, they called it in Poch, well, I was a student at the University of Pochestrum. The name has also since changed. Okay, so now it's like living in South Africa. You don't know where you come from or where you're going anymore <laughs> because all the names have changed. It's like, where were you born? It doesn't, it's not on any map anymore. Okay. John 14, 21. Just listen to this. The person, oh, I was telling a story, sorry. I was in my house <laughs> in Port. And I didn't know anything. I was just hungry for God. I said, Lord, I don't know, but send people to, to teach me. Send people to help me. But in that time, God gave me the scripture. This is one of the first scriptures that really talked to my heart after I, after I got serious with the Lord. Like yeah, all those years ago. It says, John 14, 21. The person who has my commands and, uh, and keeps them is the one who really loves me. Okay, love is fellowship. Do you want to know Jesus? 
then be serious with His Word. His precepts, His commands. I'm not talking about Moses' commands. I'm talking about Jesus and His Word. The one who has my commands, my sayings, my precepts, and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love Him and will show and reveal and manifest myself to Him. I will let myself be clearly seen by Him and make myself real to Him. You want a, such fellowship with Him that is so real to you. The condition in that scripture is the one who has my commands and keeps it. How do, you know, how do you show your love to Jesus? Yes, I know He loved us first. But, you know, you have to read the Word and receive it into your heart for you to know that. So if, you, if you're serious about His Word, you meditate on His Word. You dwell in the Word. You have fellowship with the Word. It says, and then you do it. James chapter 1, don't just be a listener and forget, but an active doer who obeys. It says, be a doer of the Word. The one who has my commands and keeps it is the one who really loves me. And I will love him and the Father will love him. And I will make myself manifest to him. I will show myself, make myself clearly visible to that person. Verse 23. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home, our abode, our special dwelling place with Him. I'm going to read it again. If a person really loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we will come to Him and make our home with Him. Not in an unconscious way. You will know He's there. When He moves in. <laughs> As the Word moves in, He moves in. As you have fellowship with the Word, you have fellowship with Him. Okay. Second Corinthians, I'm not going to read it. I'll just quote it because I said this is the last verse. Okay, so Second Corinthians chapter, <laughs> chapter 3 verse 18 says, We behold Him with unveiled face in the Word as in a mirror. Behold Him. And we are changed in, in ever-increasing splendor, from glory to glory, for that is from the Lord who is the Spirit. So if you want to start to look like Him, look to the Word and see Him and not yourself. See Him in the Word as in a mirror. Now you see the mirror reflection of your true identity in Christ. You see Christ in you. You realize, wow, this is who I am in Christ. The Word says this is who I am. And the moment you believe that reflection in the Word, you start shining with the same glory. You start looking. You are changed from glory to glory. From the old glory of Moses that faded and passed away like in the movie lights, you know. Darkness to light. From glory that faded to the ever-increasing glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Through fellowship with Him, you will look like Him. Through fellowship with Him, you will know him, and he will love you, and he will show himself to you. The word says God so loved the world. The word says he showed his love first. So take the word. 
and let the word find entrance into your heart. Meditate on the word and you will see how that love that he showed first comes into your heart. And he manifests himself and he becomes more real and more real. So, so take your Bible and say, Lord, mwah, I love you. <laughs> and have fellowship with the Lord that loves you. Ah, oh, thank you. Mwah, mwah, I love you. And you read. And you read. And wow, I let it speak to your heart. Mwah, thank you for the scripture. And you read and you read. You don't know how important fellowship with the word is until you do it. Okay. So may you walk in fellowship. May you experience more and more of the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. There's something fresh. There's something new that God is doing this year. I can't explain it. He's just doing it. But there's something new that I'm experiencing in my heart. The other night, I, I just came and sat here. I sat here on these steps. I couldn't, I didn't put on music. I, didn't, I just sat there for an hour on these steps, just in the presence of God. There was no lights on, nothing. I was just sitting there in the presence of God in this place. I, I didn't do anything. I didn't say anything. He just came. So, so may you walk in more of that fellowship. May you walk in more of the presence of God, okay? So as you have fellowship with the Word, as you have fellowship with Him, all the stuff that you've been trying to get rid of will just depart. <laughs> it will just go. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for your Word. And thank you for your life and your light. Lord, may you... Ah, this is a good place to end. Second Corinthians Interrupted the prayer for this scripture. Listen. It's like the benediction. We're going, to be so, we're going to go all traditional today. Okay. The grace, favor, spiritual being of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the presence and fellowship in the Holy Spirit be with you all. <laughs> to me, that scripture has always been so beautiful. It, doesn't matter which church. It's been so beautiful to me. The grace, um, let me read King James, then it's a bit more to the point. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. That's my prayer for you.